We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Monday. It is December 18th. I am Nick Whalen, joined as I am every Monday by my guy Alex Barutha, head of our NBA content over at Rotowire. Uh, Alex, I was just telling you off air. I mean, this was a catastrophic weekend for me in my football interests across the, the Pick'em League, some of my bets, fantasy. I uh, had two players finish with negative fantasy points this week. You never love oh. to see that in the fantasy playoffs, but. Uh, I'm glad to be talking basketball because you know things are going better in that realm. You know, a lot of the season left, a lot to discuss from the weekend. How was your weekend? Uh, how's everything going with you? Everything's going well. Um, you know, I was also fairly unlucky with my underdog and my prize picks mm-hmm. uh, entries this week. I had I had one uh, that went four out of five on underdog, mm-hmm. so that would have been nice. Uh, but no, I couldn't get it done either. Yeah, yeah, man. I I had a lot riding on the Chicago Bears winning outright against the Cleveland Browns yesterday and without going into too much depth on a fantasy basketball podcast, that was a killer uh, for the bears to, <laughs> to blow that lead. But yeah, having a lot of fun playing on underdog playing on uh prize picks here in Wisconsin, you know, we, we can find our ways to, to play whatever we need to, but uh, love both of those apps. And uh, you know, obviously they, they both have a good working relationship with Rotowire. already seeing some questions in the chat. Uh, if you're new here, guys, get those in there. We'll answer them over the second half of the pod. Uh, we do publish this as, you know, an audio version as well that you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. So you know, we try to talk some some substance and then we'll do the live questions uh, for, for the YouTube crowd later. But stack those up in there. We'll take a look. We'll hit as many of them as we can later in the pod. Uh, Alex, let's talk. Let's talk waiver wire. Uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the leagues that you and I are in, you know, Sunday night waivers. Um, so, you know, big uh, 10 p.m. deadlines in a lot of my leagues, you know, the NFBKC, the Stake League over on ESPN. Uh, anything notable for you this week as we get back to kind of a normal schedule post in season tournament? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it was obviously a big weekend for people. With you know you had um, Draymond's out. Obviously, that's been heard about that determined to be about three weeks. Uh, you have Wiggins coming off the bench now, although he have had a, like his basically his best game of the year off the bench, and then the Garland and Mobley injury. So there was a lot of bidding on guys like Levert, Pajemski. Um, Kyle Lowry's been in the mix. I got Pajemski in my NFBKC league. Nice. Um, you know, 
did about only, you know, like 9% of my, of the available fab in that league uh, to get him. I dropped Grayson Allen. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I don't think in other leagues I managed to get anybody else, which wasn't that big of a deal. Like in stake league, I was actually going to try to drop Wiggins. It didn't work. And then he ended up having a good game. And I already have uh, Colin Sexton in that league. Uh, weirdly okay. enough, even though I've been trying to drop him, but now I can't. Yeah, right. There's and there's so many of those situations that we'll we'll end up talking about on the pod either before we get to listener questions or you know a lot of those will end up coming up organically. But yeah, Colin Sexton, out of nowhere. I mean, per minute wise, he's been pretty decent this season, but really through the first month and a half, you know, it felt like there were more nights where he was playing. 18 or 19 minutes than 30 or 31 minutes. And, you know, with some of the injuries in Utah and just kind of a, a team that like Detroit, you know, changes up its rotation seemingly on a whim. We've now seen him play 30 plus in three straight starts, you know, starting in place of Keontae George, 27, four and three are the averages for Colin Sexton over the last few games. You know, do you view this as kind of like a showcase opportunity? Do they try to trade Colin Sexton? Like I, I actually kind of like this as an initial landing spot and it's just, it's been really strange. You know, like he's still young. He's not like he's 29 years old. Right. And I feel like they're, they don't seem to be necessarily treating him as, as a key part of their future. No. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact that Keontae George was getting, you know, the starting nod over both him and Taylor Horton Tucker was pretty damning for both Sexton and, and THT. But now with George out, um, he seems more day to day. Clarkson's going to be out for at least another week or so. Yep. So I think they're just going to continue featuring Sexton while he's playing well, right? There's no reason to, mm-hmm. you know, not start a guy who's putting up great efficiency numbers playing this well. And then they're able to get, you know, Chris Dunn out there a little bit too as well. Yeah, Keontae George, he will not play tonight against Brooklyn. We know that for sure. And we should get a pretty decent indication, I would imagine, by Tuesday or Wednesday because Utah then heads out on a five-game road trip. And you know, it's, it's always possible that Keontae George could meet up with them in, in some city. But a lot of times in these situations, you know, if the player's traveling, then there's a chance he could come back during that road trip. If he's not, um, you know, it almost always means that, you know, they'll, they'll just kind of wait until they're back home and, and let him rehab and reevaluate. Uh, but, you know, if you're in a weekly lineup league, I don't think you can really start Keontae George. He's still, I mean, they, they have four games. So even without this one, if you're really optimistic, maybe you could get three games in. But they also play a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, so pretty dicey. I, I would imagine he misses, you know, at least one more game on top of this one. I I had a, a busy week as normal. Uh, you know, so I'm just kind of scrambling to to keep my stake league team above water. We're, we're doing all right. We're hanging around. You know, Dame's starting to come around. Jaron Jackson's played better of late. I'll uh, get Lauren Markin in, you know, back in full this week. So that that helps. But uh, you know, still working the margins for the most part. You mentioned Pajemski. He went for twenty nine dollars in the stake league uh, fab that's out of a hundred dollar budget. Uh, that was our guy, Ken Kreitz coming over the top for Pajemski. I threw a bit in, I'll tell you, I was nowhere near $29. I don't remember what I was at, maybe 13 or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he's like actually good. And the fact that, you know, Steve Kerr generally doesn't trust rookies uh, right. and they put him out there or yeah. Rookies are young guys in general, right? Yeah. He doesn't have a choice. Clay's picked it up a little bit. Wiggins had a good game off the bench, but that was also against Portland. Like we need to keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, he's he's great from like whether you're in a points league or a category league, he's getting it done for you partially because he's a good defender. Um, he's got at least you know one steal in the past five games. Um, he can pass, he can he can do a little bit of it all. He's kind of like um 
I don't know if this is like a great comp, but he's a little bit like a DiVincenzo who they had last year. He can do well, a little bit of everything. Like uh, yeah, maybe a little that bit. That could be part of it. No, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm starting to think it's it's somewhat sustainable, at least the minutes, right? I mean, Golden State at this point, you know, obviously, who knows? They'll be without Draymond. You know, I think Cham said this morning, what, like at least three more weeks. We have no idea at this point on Draymond. That doesn't directly impact Pajemski all that much, but... Uh, you know, Gary Payton is really the only other regular who's not available right now. And, you know, his return, maybe that shaves a few minutes off for Pajemski. But I, I think I think this is what they're going to have to roll with right now, because unless, you know, Andrew Wiggins just completely wakes up and turns his season around, I think he's lost the trust of Steve Kerr and, and rightfully so. And the, the Warriors obviously need a secondary scoring option beyond Stephen Curry. And, you know, I think to get a win in Portland last night with Curry having like his worst game in five years, said a lot and it's not like Pajemski carried them right you know 10 points but still played 33 minutes he's now started three games in a row and if you go back uh you know really since he he started taking on this larger role it's been eight games now 12 points six and a half boards three and a half assists 1.3 steals good percentages for a small guard who takes a lot of tough shots uh you know takes about four threes per game so you know the rotowire stick league that we talk about all the time 16 team auction league absolutely has to be rostered in a format like yeah. that 100% um He's just uh, too versatile, too good. The Warriors are too thin to to not roster a guy like that. And he should, I think he should be rostered in 12 team leagues. Uh, but I understand, you know, you may not necessarily have someone to drop with confidence for him. Yeah. Uh, it was relatively quiet across the rest of the league. Um, I, I added, uh, added DeLon Wright, who might be back oh, this yeah. week. You know, uh, just kind of a sneaky little ad there. I, I have no idea if he's going to play enough minutes for it to matter. Uh, but he's always at the top of the league in terms of steals per minute, steal percentage, things like that. So kind of a single category guy, someone that I just, you know, he was, he was rostered early in the season. He was putting up steals and then got hurt after like two weeks and, and was dropped and rightfully so. But that's somebody that I, I want to stash and at least see what his role looks like. I mean, Washington's not going anywhere fast. I, I think they might be looking for any kind of steady presence in that backcourt. So if DeLon Wright can just play 20, 25-ish minutes on most nights, I, I think in a 16 team league, you know, if they have a four game week, I'm going to throw them out there and, and hopefully you can get me seven or eight steals. Yeah. I mean, I think in a league that deep, um, that's a fine move. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, you might be burying the lead a little bit here with Washington that Ty's Jones is now playing well. Um, past two games. Yeah. Past two games. Um, he has 35 total points, 22 assists, 14 rebounds, eight steals and three blocks. Uh, I don't know why Wes Unsell Jr. decided like, hey, I'm finally going to play this guy 39 minutes mm-hmm. in a game and feature him a little bit more, but it's happening. It is. And if you if you held on to Tyus Jones through a very rocky first month and a half, you know, maybe it started to pay off a little bit. You know, the two games prior, six points, four assists, nine right. points, three assists. So we'll see, you know, tread cautiously here. Um, but I, I think the bigger thing is that they played two competitive games in a row, right? I mean, they... They, they had a double-digit win. They did the unthinkable. They beat Indy uh, over the weekend. He had, he had a triple-double in that game. Uh, and then they, they played Phoenix close last night, 22-11-4 with six steals. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you had Tyce Jones in your lineup there. I can't imagine too many people did. But I think he has to be a hold to at least see, you know, if this can continue. I mean, we, we know he has this in him. He's always been a, a great per-minute guy. Uh, I also added Torian Prince in the stake league, just, you know, trying to capitalize on, on what's been a decent hot streak. I mean, I'm basically – I'm basically streaming like two spots every week anyway. Um, so I'm not really dropping anybody of real consequence. Um, I forget. I think I dropped Kelly Olenek, uh to, to pick him up. And Olenek had had a nice run, you know, with no marketing 
and you know Walker Kessler being in and out, John Collins being in and out. Uh, mostly it was the assists for Olenek, um, but that's not really a category that I'm targeting right now in that league. Other than that, you know, Pajemski was was definitely the prize. Um, you know, Dante Exa was added for $27 by our guy Aaron Quinn, who also do, who always does great in this league. Um, I just I stayed out of the exit bidding. I, I threw in a cursory bid. I knew I would be low. But you know, how, how does 27 sound to you? I mean, that's that's a little over a quarter of your total budget. Yeah, a little high. I think I did maybe like eight bucks or something like yeah, that. Again, I I just like, like six. Yeah, very. Yeah. Cursory is exactly the right word for it. I, it's you know, I've kind of mixed feelings about it because I think Exum has improved as a, as a shooter. And it's really his shooting that's driving a lot of his value right now. He shot better in Europe last year than he did throughout his NBA career. Um, but my my concern mostly, you know, from from the perspective of is this going to continue? I first of all, I I think it's okay to add him just based on the idea that Kyrie Irving is going to be out a while. Yeah. Um, because I they're not really letting on how serious the injury is, but I won't be surprised if he's out like another month or something like that. But Josh Green has also been out during this time. As well, Seth Curry missed a game in there. Derek Jones missed a game in there. So, you know, I wonder if, like, when Josh Green comes back and if Exum starts shooting, like, 35% from three instead of 45% from three, or is Minutes going to be, like, in the mid-20s and then he's, like, he's probably going to be fine to roster until Irving comes back, but it just may not be what it has been. Yeah, I just have a hard time you know, ponying up over a quarter of my budget for someone who we yeah. just don't know how long it's going to last, you know, because I, I think once Kyrie's back, maybe he's still rosterable. He's probably not startable. And um, I just didn't want to go go down that road and play that game. But, um, you know, I, certainly no problem adding him at this point in the year. It's not like there, there are a ton of great options on the waiver wire in a 16 team league. I was able to get Tari Eason in one league. Uh, you know, I think yeah. in most competitive formats, you know, especially larger leagues, he's already rostered. But, I mean, talk about somebody who's who started to come on. I mean, he's not started a game yet this season, uh, but the minutes have been on the rise. His, his last four is when this run really started. 27 minutes per game. Uh, those were games against San Antonio, Memphis, Memphis again, and then Milwaukee last night. I uh, scored in double figures in, in all four of those. Uh, he had back-to-back 14 rebound games against the Spurs and the Grizzlies. Uh, you know, the steals have been there as well. He's got seven steals over the last four. He's blocked a couple of shots. He's hitting threes. Uh, 16, 10. One assist, 1.8 steals, 1.8 threes for Tari Eason over the last week. The question, of course, as always, Alex, can this continue? Well, for the second year in a row, he is leading the team in point differential on off. Um, Also, for the second year in a row, he is top 90 in per minute value in fantasy. I'm I'm a complete believer in Tari Eason. He's like the number one just like hustle guy, good defender, tries his ass off. Like it's impossible for, I mean, uh, what's I can't even remember his name. Steven Silas, uh, was able to keep Tari Eason off the court. I don't know how, uh, he managed. It's more skillful that he kept Tari Eason off the court than actually played him. Um, I think, I think this is fairly sustainable partially because look, uh, you know, Jabari Smith has been playing better lately. So, uh, but his, his offense is kind of still up and down, right? Um, Jalen green is still up and down. I don't know. Like Jay Sean Tate is not, doesn't feel super stable in the rotation. You still have Aaron Holiday and Jeff Green getting minutes. Like, I think there are places where Tari Eason can just continue to get 25 to 32 minutes a game when other guys happen to not be playing well. My final waiver claim, and somebody that I historically have grabbed, and I feel like every league I've ever played it at least once, I made the leap 
I grabbed Kevin Love. Zero dollar <laughs> bid. He's on the roster in Stake League. Four game week coming up for Miami. I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable starting him. Like he's played well of late. Uh, obviously, that's coincided with Bam Adebayo not being out there. Still, somebody though that even if he's only playing 15 to 17 minutes, like he can, he still has those nights where he'll get you eight, nine, ten rebounds. Like he still rebounds at a high rate. You know, he's a good passer for a big man. He'll step out. Basically, he's in like the Al Horford zone now, where like 80 percent of his field goal attempts are threes. And you know, you just hope that right. he's that he's hot. And he's been running hot of late. Uh, you know, his last seven games. He's taken seven threes per game. He's hitting them at almost 43%, three made threes a game. Um, but you know, let's talk a little bit about Miami big picture wise, because, you know, this is a team that has had, it feels like at least one key guy out every single game so far this year. And ironically, they'll be without now Kyle Lowry uh, tonight. He's he's dealing with an undisclosed personal matter, but they will get Tyler Hero back and they will get Bam Adebayo back. Yeah, this upcoming game today against Minnesota is going to be huge for, I think, understanding what Eric Spolstra might want to do going forward with his rotation. Because like you mentioned, I mean, you said at least one. It's been more like at least two or three key rotation. Guys have been out for them all season. Um, I I get what you're saying about potentially not starting Kevin Love. Um, because it's like, you know, Caleb Martin's been playing well now. Do they, like, is Haywood Highsmith just out of the rotation? Mm-hmm. Um, what do they do with Duncan Robinson? Jaime Jaquez, like, you know, but... Basically, exactly what you're saying. So I think fantasy managers, if you if you're rostering anybody on the Heat, basically besides Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler, um, you need to really keep an eye on what happens in this game today, and then when they play next, um, which is Wednesday against Orlando. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to start Kevin Love. I don't think I'll regret it necessarily. Uh, you know, it's kind of to me, it's basically like Torian Prince versus Kevin Love this week <laughs> in, in a deeper league. It's like, yeah, good, good luck making a choice there. Um, but you know, rebounds, assists, threes—that those are categories of need for me right now. So uh, I'm never, never thrilled to pick up Kevin Love at this point in his career. But it, he kind of fit the bill for better or for worse. And yeah, you know, as you know, the waiver wire is pretty dry in that league. I want to talk a little bit about Joel Embiid. Uh, I mean, on an all-time tear right now, uh, happens to be coinciding with an all-time stretch of schedule for the 76ers. Their last five games have come against Washington, Atlanta, Washington, Detroit, Detroit, Charlotte. I mean, that is <laughs> that is as ideal as it gets. Uh, that's like facing the Detroit Lions defense every week right now. Uh, in that span, that's actually six games, sorry, not five, 40 points, 13 rebounds, four and a half assists, two blocks, one and a half steals for Joel Embiid. And the majority of these games have been laughers, right? I mean, they've all been, you know, basically huge blowout wins for the Philadelphia 76ers. And yet he's, you know, he's still getting the minutes. There's only been one of those, uh, one of the Detroit games where he was under 30 minutes, still put up 35, 13, two, two, and four. Uh, I mean, Embiid is the number one player in fantasy right now. It's kind of him, SGA and Jokic in that, that ultra, ultra elite tier. Uh, I, I don't even have anything to say. I just think we, we need to acknowledge, you know, what kind of a run Joel Embiid is on, just taking advantage uh, of these terrible teams. Yeah, 30 points in 11 straight games. Uh, you mentioned his passing has really improved. That's been big for his fantasy value um, as well. And the the 76ers, I, you know, I keep an eye on the, the simple rating stat from basketball reference, net rating weighed by strength of schedule. 76ers are now number one in the East and number one in the league in simple rating at basically uh, 11, uh, sh- just a shade above Boston. But um, it's kind of those those two right now in the top tier of the Eastern Conference and honestly the top tier of the league 
just based on that stat, that nuggets everybody else. Yeah, Jokic in eight category per game value, pretty easily the number one player. SGA is next. And then there's a decent drop off to Luca and Jokic. Uh, then you get into you know Halliburton, Anthony Davis. I mean, he has been he's been a complete monster, man, on the year. And Bede's only missed three games. That might be the biggest stat for him. 34.2 yeah. points per game, 11.7 rebounds, six assists, just massive from the center position, uh, and three combined blocks and steals, 53% from the field. Also very quietly shooting 89% at the line uh, on 11 and a half attempts per game, which is first in the league. I mean, he and Giannis are the only two players even in double figures right now in terms of free throw attempt. Yeah, I'm looking at these um, eight category per game rankings over the past 30 days. Victor Wembanyama at number six. Yeah. Over the past month. Um he's he has been insane since they switched him over to center. That's obviously been been huge for his fantasy value. Yeah. Three point eight blocks per game for Wembenyama over the last month. That is goes without saying, easily the best in the league. Um, I mean, he's been he's been a monster, man. I mean, even even when the scoring, you know, kind of fluctuates, you know, he's, he's hovering. I mean, he's, he's still getting to like 18, 20 points every night, even if he's not shooting it that well. Like really the only, the only hole in his fantasy profile is the field goal percentage, which for a guy, his size is still low, but he takes a ton of jumpers. Obviously the free throw percentage could be better, but he's taken four and a half a game. You know, that's way more damaging if you're at eight or nine per game. Um, so overall, I mean, he, he's absolutely lived up to the billing, both in real life and in fantasy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's talk about the Cavaliers quickly. Uh, then we'll, we'll start hitting some, some listener questions. You guys can keep those coming in the chat. Always appreciate them. Cavs are going to be in trouble here. Not only will Evan Mobley undergo surgery on his left knee. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. That's the initial estimation. Uh, but right after that news came, uh, we found out Darius Garland has a broken jaw. Uh, no real firm timetable on him. They're just saying, quote, multiple weeks for Darius Garland. Yeah, I. Uh, they're definitely going to be in trouble. Um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I think this is mostly you pick up Levert. Uh, although if you're even if you're in a 12 team league, there was a decent chance he was rostered already. I mean, people like to hold on to Levert, um, and especially in deeper leagues. We'll see about the Craig Porter Jr. thing. Uh, that's kind of TBD. He only played 15 or something minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes in the in the yep. first game without Garland. So that might be a deeper league option, but I, I don't know how much they'll rely on him. And then, you know, with with uh, Mobley out, it's probably just going to end up being. I mean. The thing is, Mobley's been out, right? So we're going to see some more from Okoro and and Niang and and Wade, but none of those guys are really like 
must-add players by by any stretch of the imagination. Now, and, and if you're looking at Saturday's game against the Hawks, Cavs won that one, 127-119 with no Garland, no Mobley. I mean, Jared Allen, 25 and 14, 12 of 14 from the field. That's awesome. That's probably not sustainable. Obviously, he's rostered already. There's no real actionable advice there. But I, I think Wade and Okoro are probably the two guys, other than Levert, who benefit most. And I, I don't really trust either of those guys. You know, Dean Wade, I mean, both really played well on Saturday. I, I think Dean Wade, you know, minutes-wise, is going to be a 20, 25, maybe even close to 30 on Sunday nights type of player. He started now the last five games. In general, though, I mean, it, I wouldn't really touch him in anything lower than a 16-team league. And with the Coro, it's just you're still waiting for it to come around. You know, he's got the draft pedigree. They, they have some investment in him. But Saturday was far and away his best game of the season. It was his best game in, in weeks. You know, he, I think he'd gone like 12 or something games in a row scoring in single digits. Now, if he's going to play 28 to 32 minutes every night, maybe, maybe. Uh, but there's also a reason that he was left wide open more than any other player in the league last season from three. You know, NBA.com stats has that tracking, uh, you know, that tracking data that said like teams were literally going out of their way to leave him wide open no matter where he was. Yeah, I'm not an Okoro believer. I I don't even think he's I personally I I, I didn't even consider adding him in, in our 16 team league. So you got to be in a really deep league for that to work out. It's pretty rare that we get a situation where two starters are going to be out in extended timing. There's almost yeah. nothing to do fantasy wise. Yeah. Um, you said exactly what I was going to say. It is, it is weird. I mean, for other teams, you know, it's like when Miami, if Miami was up without, I don't know, you know, Tyler hero and bam at a bio, like they were for a while, you know, there's obviously like three or four like, guys we'd be talking about, but yeah, I mean, Levert, I'm looking right now on Yahoo. He's 52% rostered. I, I would go grab him. I mean, I think you yeah. got at least, at least two to three weeks without Darius Garland. I mean, broken jaw is a pretty unique injury. I don't, I don't know if you can even like wear a mask for that. Like there's obviously a, a decent amount of healing that needs to be done before he'll be cleared. So I, I think you're going to have a pretty nice runway here with Karis LeVert and yeah, maybe, maybe throw a flyer in on, on Dean Wade in deeper leagues. And I, I think Niang is, is the guy to monitor if his minutes go up. Uh, you know, we, we basically just have that one game on Saturday that we're looking at right now. And he played 15 minutes off the bench. He missed all three of his three point attempts, but I think if you're in a category league and, and you desperately need threes and he starts playing more, maybe that's a direction I would lean. Yeah. And then and then from a like an encore perspective or like a DFS gambling perspective, I I looked up the numbers, the Cavs, Mobley and Garland off the court, Mitchell and Allen on the court. So kind of like their their core for the next while. They're minus seven mm-hmm. per one hundred, but that's with a defensive rating of one twenty-three, which is seventh percentile. It's horrible. So they play the Rockets tonight. I'll be curious to see if if the Rockets uh, absolutely if torch them. You know, if it's a high scoring uh, sort of affair yeah. for Houston. Yeah, second night of a back to back for Houston. They uh, they played in Milwaukee last night, so the dreaded road road back to back. You know, I think the other thing here is that we'll see a lot more of Donovan Mitchell on the ball as as really the the only option for them as a as a distributor, right? And you know, Levert can do that. To some degree, uh, he's never that's never really been his calling card. I think he's more of a score first option. But, you know, first game without Garland, 13 assists for Donovan Mitchell on, on Saturday against Atlanta. I don't know if that's going to be sustainable every night. Probably not. You know, Atlanta's kind of an ideal matchup, I think, in some ways, uh, you know, for, for that type of game. But I, I think we'll see a nice uptick in, in assists for Donovan Mitchell. You know, it's kind of similar to, to what we've seen from Devin Booker. You know, when, when KD or, or Bradley Beal are out of the lineup, um, even before those guys showed up in Phoenix, you know, whenever 
whenever there was an opportunity basically for Booker to move from shooting guard to point guard, we, we immediately saw an uptick in assists. And I mean, is it realistic that for the next few weeks, Donovan Mitchell could be like a, I don't know, 30 points, seven rebounds, eight assists type of guy? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think so. I, I think so too. You know, with, with Mobley and Garland off the court, he's only averaging 26 points and six assists. But I, I feel like that might go up. And he might play more than those 36 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of it depends on who else is in the rotation and whatnot. But, yeah, I think, I mean, if, you, if you're if you rostering Mitchell, this is just uh, this is a huge benefit for you right now. Yeah, it is a four-game week for Cleveland. Some pretty nice matchups. Uh, they got Utah on Wednesday. They got the Pelicans on Thursday. They got Chicago on Saturday. However, they're only on a two-game week the following week. And that is, that is Christmas, you know, so there's some, some unique scheduling. It's not a, a pack schedule necessarily for every team, but um, that that's, that's not great. You know, that's, that's not where I would use Dean Wade. I, I wouldn't even throw right. Karis LeVert out there in that situation. I mean, I'd have to take a deeper look at next week's schedule, but you're, you're probably leaving Mitchell in there. Um, but yeah, un- unfortunately they, they, they go four to four um, and then, you know, kind of a unique schedule to begin January as well, where it's not, not really jam packed, but we'll see how much longer, uh, Darius Garland remains out of the lineup. Uh, other injury news, Bradley Beal, uh, our, our return to, to having the big three in action was very short-lived. He played in like two and one-eighth games uh, with the Suns. And then, you know, early in their uh, loss to the New York Knicks on Friday, uh, went out with a right ankle injury. And he is once again now on the shelf for multiple weeks. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we've, you know, we've seen so much of this already that it's not, it's not really a secret, like who is going to get more time and, and more usage. We're going to see more Eric Gordon. We're going to see some more Grayson Allen. And, you know, we'll probably see a little bit more like Josh Akogi and stuff like that, but that's right. kind of a deeper league thing. Well, I know you mentioned, you know, we were talking waivers earlier that you tried to drop Grayson Allen. Um, yeah. Still, I mean, still comfortable doing that in light of the Beal news. Yeah, I think so. I mean, with, with only one of those guys out with only one of the big three out, I'm I'm fine with dropping Allen. I mean, he's good, but um, you know, I dropped him for Pajemski, and I actually think Pajemski's right. going to have more long term value, um, and yeah. has a better. I think his fantasy skill set overall is better. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Suns are just so Durant Booker centric without Bradley Beal, and and if you watch the games, I mean, that's exactly how it goes, right? Like, if you're just box score hunting, you might, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder to tell, but if it's like everything runs through those guys, everything, right? And it, it's actually pretty balanced outside of those two. Uh, you know, I think Nurkic, to me, is pretty clearly the number three guy, and, you know, he kind of picks his spots, had a huge game rebounding uh, against Washington last night, 17 boards, uh, just six points, but you know, you'll take the boards there. Other than that, you know, like, it, you're just kind of you, you kind of grasping at straws night to night. It's like, is this going to be the night where Eric Gordon hits five threes? Or maybe it is Grayson Allen some nights. Uh, you know, Jordan Goodwin, I think it's going to be in the mix for them. Obviously, they got, you know, Chimezi Metu, Drew Eubanks, uh, Nas Little, you know, has been a part of the starting lineup as well. So I, I think there is, I, I you know, in, in order, it's like Durant, Booker, Nurkic. I, I think I would rank Gordon ahead of Grayson Allen. And, you know, Grayson Allen to me is just kind of, he's closer to that tier of just, you know, you're kind of rolling the dice every single night as far as like, yeah, he might play 33, 35 minutes, but he also might only take seven shots when he's out there. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's he's out there more for I, I want to say more for defense, right? But he's that's kind of what he's what he's doing out there for the most part. He's not like a gunner. Yeah, I, I think I think he's out there to to get some cardio, you know, play 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 his role uh for this team. But uh I don't I don't think we are set up for you know much of a fantasy run here, even without Bradley Beal. Underdog fantasy. 
One of our favorite partners here at Rotowire. It's the number one platform for NBA best ball and DFS player pickup contests. You hear Alex and I talk about it all the time. I've been playing a, an unhealthy amount uh, in a good way on underdog this NBA season. Uh, you can mix and match NBA and NFL when those are going on concurrently. Uh, obviously, hockey as well. They, they have it all over at underdog. It's a lot of fun. If you have not tried underdog yet, new users get a first-time deposit bonus up to 100 bucks, And you'll get a free six-month subscription to Rotowire. Just got to use the promo code RWNBA. That's RWNBA. Extremely good deal. That gets you access to everything on Rotowire for the next six months. I mean, that'll that'll bring you even into the nation stages of fantasy football season for 2024. That'll get you all of our baseball content, everything on the site. Uh, again, that promo code is RWNBA. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app. Do it right now. Use that promo code RWNBA. That'll get you a free Rotowire subscription and that deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. Let's get to some live listener questions. We got a trade question right off the bat from Leo. He says, I got offered Julius Randle, Giannis, and Zach Levine for his Kyrie, Anthony Edwards, and Scotty Barnes. Which side would you rather have? I'm muted. Uh, that That is a tough I, question. I thought you were just taking your time to think on it. No, uh, I, I may anyway. I may talk myself through this one. Yeah, I mean, because you have Kyrie and Levine out for a while, right? I think um, it wouldn't be surprised if they come back around the same time. Kyrie is better than Levine in fantasy, but Giannis is better than than Edwards. Randall and Scotty are probably similar at this point. Randall's kind of been on a heater since starting slow. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in a... I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you have a, do you have a strong opinion on this one? I feel like I'm kind of 50, 50 on this. I think I would lean toward the Randall Giannis Levine side. Part of it is format dependent, you know? Um, although, yeah, I, I don't Giannis's free throw shooting has been so like up and down, right? Like he's, he's had these nights where he'll go like 12 or 14 and then it'll be like five of 12 the next night. So, I mean, on balance, I guess it's about the same, I guess, to me, it's just the Kyrie situation. Like, I have no idea how much time Kyrie is going to miss. I would be, yeah. you know, I guess you could say the same thing about Levine, although I'm of the belief that he's just chilling until he gets traded. And I actually don't think he's that injured. So maybe that cancels out for some people. But I, you know, Kyrie is just an injury headache in general. And he's already hurt right now. And he's without a timetable. So maybe he's back in a week and, and this will sound dumb. But I guess I just don't want to sign up for that guessing game with Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um... Yeah, I, Randall, Giannis, Levine side is, um, I think it's fine. But honestly, this trade to me is not, I don't think this is like league winning or league losing. I just feels like closer to a wash for me. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, Randall's played so much better lately where I, I think I'd still rather have Scotty Barnes going forward, especially because that Toronto roster can end up looking different. I, I don't think they trade him. And I, I think he could, you know, take on like an even bigger role later in the season. So I, I think if you're comparing like, Randall versus Barnes straight up. I, I'd, I'd probably rather have Scotty Barnes, but it's been a lot closer than you might think over the last few weeks since that slow start. Uh, all right. Paul says he is punting points. Who should I trade Jaron Jackson Jr. for? The other team has Maxi, Porzingis, Pirtle, Tyus Jones, Drew Holiday, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Miles Turner. The offer was Turner and Holiday for his Jaron Jackson. Um, I mean, I think that, Turner and Holiday for Jackson is like roughly fair. I'm just not sure I would do that. I would probably keep Jaron Jackson if I was you. 
Um, if that if that was the offer, um, you know, I don't, I I don't really know. You're not going to be able to. I don't think get Maxi. I mean, maybe you could do it straight up for Przingis, but I don't really, I don't know exactly what the point of that would be. Yeah. Um, I would rather have get Jared Jackson than Porzingis. You're not going to get Durant for him. Um, and if you're punting points, you know, then you you got to think about guys who are rebounds, assists, um, yeah. defense, and I, yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, I mean, blocks-wise, like Turner versus Jaron Jackson, those guys are comparable. So I don't, I think that's somewhat of a wash. Uh, you know, Turner's, I, I, he's a, a better rebounder, but he's not, you know, he's not a dominant rebounder. He's not a great rebounder by center standards. You're not bringing, you're not bringing in somebody who's going to get you like 10 to 12 boards every single game. So I, I would rather hold Jaron Jackson. I mean, obviously, if you could flip him for Maxi or flip him for Durant, then yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess Kyrie would maybe be the wild card here, right? I mean, could you, would you do Jaron Jackson for Kyrie? Would you, do you try to attach something there? Um, I mean, I, I know I just said I wouldn't want to bring in Kyrie, so I, I personally would not. Um, I also want to see what Jaron Jackson looks like with the Grizzlies as a competent team. You know, uh, he, he's had these huge, like, uh, scoring games the last couple of weeks when, like, Bain was out and, you know, they're going up against bad teams and he could just launch, which is all well and good. Uh, and I, I understand, you know, Smart and, and Morant coming back, that takes some usage away from Jaron Jackson. But I, I think we'll see a more efficient version of him. I think we'll we'll see him kind of playing the role that he's meant to play. And he, he's just not a premier scorer. He's not somebody who's going to carry you night to night in that way. And you know, Morant's eligible to come back tomorrow night, right? So I, I'd at least want to see that through for a few games before I punt on him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, all right. Let's see. I, we're, we're trying to pick a duo here. Uh, it's a question from Mal, and he said he's in a nine-cat, ten-team league, so a little shallow. Uh, Nas Reed and Mike Conley, or Jalen Green and Jabari Smith, or Tyus Jones and Daniel Gafford. Uh, so I think the implication is he's he's putting the, two of these players, uh, or one of these pairs, you know, in his lineup this week. You know, I, maybe this is recency bias, but I, I think I want the Tyus Jones-Gafford pairing. I think that pairing oh. has the highest ceiling. Um, I mean, maybe it's Green and Jabari that have the highest scoring ceiling, but, you know, I mean, we've seen Tyus Jones have better passing lately. Gafford had a monster game the other night against Phoenix. Um, yeah. I will say that of those three, Washington is the only team that's on a three-game week. So I don't think I would go that route just, just because I, I think this is, this is relatively close. It's a good question. And I, I just, I, I think that would break the tie for me. Right. Like, or do you feel oh, that yeah. strongly about it? No, no, no. Yeah. You're right. I didn't, I didn't think about what their, uh, what their game schedule was. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be the, if, if Houston and Minnesota are on four game weeks, it's gotta be one of those pairs. Yeah. If, if we're talking streaming for the week, I just go with one of the four gamers, uh, you know, I'm not a big Jalen Gray guy. I was, you know, coming out of the draft. I've just been, you know, disappointed he's he's been up and down like you know he had a, a pretty nice run in in early december even stemming back into late november where he had like eight games in a row where he was over 20 points per game 47 percent from the field you know still not shooting it well from three and that's kind of been the achilles heel for him uh, i love what i've seen out of jabari smith I, I don't i don't love how they're using him necessarily like he still kind of feels like an afterthought whenever i watch houston like he has to work so hard just to get everything because like they don't give him the ball um and and you know nas reed and conley to me that that might be the safest option, you know, is, is Reed and Conley. Like if you're just looking for floor, um, but you know, on a, on a four game week, if you're shooting for upside, maybe go green and Jabari, but um, yeah, make sure you check the schedule there. Uh, all right. We got a Miami heat question. 
another Triple J, Jaime Jaquez Jr. Are, are Jaime and Duncan Robinson still holds with Tyler Hero coming back? Uh, I will see. <laughs> I, I, I hate to be like, well, we'll see, but we we have to know what Eric Spolster does. Um, like it, if you're thinking about like if you're in a, I, my guess is you're in like a daily transactions league and you're like, do I just drop these guys now and try to pick someone up? I might hold and just see what happens. I mean, early in the season when Hero was healthy, Robinson was still playing enough minutes where I think he's viable. Uh, you know, he was taking almost seven threes a game. He was hitting two and a half per game, and he's been shooting it better since then. So I, I, I think if you're in a category league and you need threes, then I would not, I would not drop Duncan Robinson. I mean, chances are, if it's a shallower league, then yeah, maybe you could make that up somewhere else with with somebody who's a little bit more secure. But I wouldn't. I, I'd be a little bit scared to drop both of those guys, right? And you know, I, I feel like I'm playing mostly in like 14 and 16 team leagues, unfortunately, this year. So you know, th- these decisions become you know, I guess in some ways a little bit easier, you know, like in, in a 14 or a 16, I'm not dropping either of them when really wouldn't think about it. Cause somebody will grab them immediately. And I think Hawkins has played so well that he has to be in the rotation, right? Like I, I think it's, it might be Josh Richardson. It, it's going to be Haywood Highsmith, you know, obviously Orlando Robinson, he'll be out of there with, with Adebayo coming back. Like I, I think Miami's going to try to play as many of these guys as they can. You know, maybe it's more so a matter of, of like touches and usage as opposed to minutes. Um, but I mean, Hawkins has been so good. I wouldn't want to drop him. I'm, I'm completely with you on that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Jeremy Grant for Jacob. I assume this is Grant for Jakob Pertle in a nine category league. Uh, thank you, Don, for the question. Is that a fair one for one trade? I, I would rather have the Jeremy Grant side. I think maybe you have to be a little worried about them the the Blazers sitting him down the stretch, but Pirtle hasn't exactly been that consistent uh this season. It just hit me that this could also be oh wait no never mind. Sorry, I was thinking it could be so hot, but no, we got Grant in there. Um so it is Pirtle versus Grant. Um yeah I mean Grant obviously missed the time with a concussion, missed four games, but has been spent himself since he came back. I mean he's 27 and 30 points, played big minutes against both Dallas and Golden State. Those were those were close games, uh, especially by Portland standards. I, I do think it's a relatively fair deal. I mean, it kind of de- it depends what you need. Like if you yeah. want, if you want more dependable rebounding and, and shot blocking, then yeah, Jakob Pertl is probably your guy. You know, he's also a lot more efficient from the field. His, his field goal percentage is also, I mean, it's way up compared to last year. So you do wonder, it's like, can he continue to shoot 73%? But even if he goes down to 65, that's huge. Um, but yeah, to, so for me to answer the question, I think it is a fair deal. It just depends what your needs are. Yep, it's fair in theory. All right, good question from Ja. Must be Ja Morant uh, getting some fantasy questions in before he returns tomorrow. Who is the pickup when they return? Willie, I was going to say Willie Cauley Stein, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. or Markel Fultz in a fourteen-team points league. So you got to choose one of those two. Um, this is a really tough question. I think I would rather have Fultz. I am a little worried about like the knee being a continuous issue. Yes. Um, but Wendell Carter Jr. wasn't playing that well either before he got hurt. And I don't think he has that much upside. I think we're kind of, I think the idea of like Wendell Carter Jr. is like a top 60 guy is just done. And yeah. Batatse and Wagner have been playing well enough to where it's like, you know, Carter's so injury prone. Are they just going to start playing him 25 minutes a game instead of 32 minutes a game or something like that? So, um, I don't think either of these guys are 
necessarily have to be a priority pickup, but you know, I would, I think I would la- rather lean Fultz, but it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Very small sample for Wendell Carter before he got hurt. He only played in five games, 29 minutes, 9.4 points, 8.6 rebounds, uh, had two total blocks and three total steals did not shoot it well at all. Again, very small sample. So hard to draw from that, but I'm with you. I, I think upside wise in a 14 team league, it's gotta be Fultz. But again, I, I do think this knee issue, I mean, the way they've been handling, he's been, he's been game to game now for what, three weeks. It feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Admiral Nita, always a strong presence in the stream. He asked, what would you trade Mobley for considering he might not be back until the all-star break? So yeah, I mean, it's a real question, especially if you're doing well in a league and you don't want to just, you know, sit Mobley in an IR spot for, you know, what could be two plus months. Obviously, you're selling low here, but what would be realistic if you want to go that path? Um, you know, I think he he's he's quietly ranked 36 this season uh, in eight cat leagues. So you're not going to be able to trade for someone who's around that rank. I think. I don't know if anybody, I mean, the thing is you have to probably offer him to somebody who is doing really well. So you're probably only going to talk to like your top three league managers and it might be like a, their problem for your problem kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. If you just want someone like straight up who is playing, I mean, maybe someone in the fifties, like if they had Nurkic or something yeah. or Jalen Brown, maybe that's a little too rich. I don't know if, I don't know if someone else would do that. I think if if you wanted to grab like Kyle Kuzma or Kobe White from somebody, um, I think that might be the range where they would have to think about it. Uh, even if they lost, you know, that production out of out of them for a bit and they got Mobley in the end, that's kind of that's maybe more so what I'd be looking at. Yeah, it's really tough because I, I think there's not many managers, you know, especially since the news is so fresh. And you know, it, it's different if you're like four weeks into that timetable. Um, but, you know, knowing for sure that it's at least six weeks and probably more makes that difficult. You know, I, I think you could try like Jalen Johnson. You know, he's also injured right now. You know, maybe somebody oh, yeah. that, you know, maybe looking to offload him. Um, you know, Miles Bridges has not played well lately. You could maybe try to steal him away. Otherwise, you know, are we talking like, you know, Keldon Johnson, Daniel Gafford, Spencer Dinwiddie, guys yeah. like that? Um, I, I, I always say, I mean, shoot high, right? I mean, don't. Don't like, you know, try to get Kevin Durant or something like that. But, um, you know, I, as long as you're putting out something that's relatively fair, you know, make make somebody say no or send over, hey, you know, take a look at your top three or four league managers and say, all right, these are the players I'm interested in. Can we get a deal done here? Uh, what mm-hmm. about Zach Levine? You know, that you talk about my problem for your problem. Yeah, Zach Levine, uh, definitely interesting. I, Gafford was the name I was looking at. You know, I think someone who has Gafford might, might genuinely think about that. Or you could try to you know, two for one, you send them Mobley and you get two guys back who are sort of not end of the bench guys, but like end of the starting lineup guys. Mm-hmm. Um, or you package someone along with Mobley uh, and and try to get someone back. You send them two and you get one back. Maybe that kind of a thing. Um, maybe that puts you in a tough spot bench depth wise, but you might be able to stream mm-hmm. as well, depending on how deep your league is. So you, you got a lot of options. Just, um, yeah, like Nick said, shoot high. But don't expect to get anybody like more than top 75, I would say, for him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, what does punting points mean? Good question. Very fair question. So if you're in a category league, you know, you're, you're obviously your, your normal categories are points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, threes, field goal percentage, free throw percentage. And some leagues might include turnovers as well. 
uh, you know, punting points, punting anything just means that you are basically trying to, or, you know, attempting to build your roster for that to be a weakness. And you are sacrificing that in order to build up strengths in other categories. So if you're punting points, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you know, maybe you're targeting a bunch of big men and you want to do well in blocks and field goal percentage. Um, but you're, you're targeting guys who don't score all that much. So it's just, just a way to roster build in category leagues. Um, you know, some people punt more than one category that, that becomes difficult. That's a tougher needle to thread, but you know, I always say, I, I usually don't, I don't, I don't try to do punt builds. And then, you know, early on in the season, you realize, Oh, I, I'm going to have to kind of set my punt this category on the fly. Yeah. Punting is like for head to head leagues. Like Nick is saying, you know, if you're in a nine category league, all you have to do is win five categories to win the matchup. So there are four categories that don't matter. And you sort of minimum some other categories, maximum some others. Um, but a lot of times, also like Nick mentioned, you try to punt one thing and then you automatically start punting something else. Um, like if you punt assists, for example, well, what are the type of players that don't get assists? Well, forwards and big men, right? So then all of a sudden you're punting threes because uh, you have a bunch of centers on your roster because they don't get assists and it, it all kind of uh, goes together. But that's for head yeah. to cat category leagues. Yeah, I would say, you know, I would say most often you probably see free throw percentage punted. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there are a couple others in that category. But, you know, I, I think it's something you see, like if you take Giannis in the first round, you know, there are ways to minimize the damage there. You can you can add, you know, guys who shoot in the high 80s and, and make it work. But with Giannis taking 12 free throws a game and you know hitting them at like 60%, it's just going to be really hard to like do better than average in that category. So, you know, it, it more, more than anything, it informs, you know, the, the, the way that you kind of fill out the rest of the early portion of your draft. Like if you get Giannis, then you're kind of saying, all right, I don't really care if I draft somebody else who's a, a poor free throw shooter because I'll make up for it in theory in other categories. Uh, all right. Ant asks, Koulibaly, is he a long-term ad? in a 12-team category league. Uh, we are back on Bilal Koulibaly as my ring light almost falls over. Uh, it, it's been a season of runs for Koulibaly, Alex. Uh, you know, had that, that good run in mid-November when everybody went and picked him up, and then he was down for a couple weeks. I had a nice six-game rally uh, early in this month and then you know, kind of came back down to earth last night against Phoenix. 12-team category league? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I have not really had a whole lot of interest in Koulibaly uh, but you know, the, the field goal percentage has been better than I expected, you know, especially cause he's taken a decent amount of threes, not a good free throw shooter is also not taking a ton. Um, I, you know, longer term, I, I think is the question. Like, would I be holding him right now? No. Uh, I, I guess at, at some point, you know, to, to the, to the wizards hand him 35 plus minutes a night and say, Hey, we want to see what we have in you. Maybe, uh, what, what do you think? I think he's pretty holdable if your team is doing well. I think if you're near the bottom of the standings and you just need production, I wouldn't bother. But yeah, if you're if you're doing well or maybe you're in the middle of the pack, I think you can add him because I think he I would consider him streamable on four game weeks. So he's fine to have at the end of your bench because you could you theoretically use him uh in those situations and you wouldn't be sort of screwing yourself. Uh but it's not it's not for people who are struggling in their league. Uh, all right, my roster is Rockets happy right now. 12-team category league. What moves would you make? He has Brunson, Jalen Green, Fox, LeBron, Jabari Smith, Lavert, Shangun, Hartenstein, Jalen Williams, Dylan Brooks, Tari Eason, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Jenny Osmond, and Kyle Lowry. Um, I, I mean, these questions are, are tough to answer. You know, we obviously we don't know who's doing well in your league, who you could target. Uh, 
I wouldn't worry too much, I guess, about being Rockets heavy. I think I think for the most part, you have the right Rockets, right? I mean, having Tari Eason right now is big. I think that's a, if nothing else, that's a potential trade chip. You know, if, especially if you're doing well in your league, that's somebody maybe you could try to, you know, kind of sell high and, and bring back somebody who might be a little bit more reliable. But, you know, I, I like Jabari Smith. Shangun's been great. Jalen Green's been, been Jalen Green. Maybe that's the guy you move off of. But is, is there anything that really jumps out to you? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely wouldn't mind. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not really attached to. I mean, you have a lot of rockets, but honestly, I don't I don't like that many of them. I mean, I I'm not like a I don't think Jalen Green, uh, or Jabari Smith, or Dylan Brooks are guys you absolutely have to roster in twelve team category leagues. Um, and even Easton is kind of borderline, although I think he's you know he's probably worth keeping. So if I were you, I would just start tossing out trade offers that involve Jalen Green, Smith, and and Dylan Brooks because I don't think you necessarily need those guys. And if you can get anybody back that is like a top 80 player, I think I would just do that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a good way to sum it up. All right, we'll go rapid fire. We got about 10 more minutes to, to hit the rest of these. Uh, good question on Zion from RP Lester. He says, hello, hello, RP. I've tried to trade Zion Williamson. Are these fair options for both me and the other teams? And the four players that he throws out, I assume these would all be one-for-one deals. D'Angelo Russell, Jamal Murray, Terry Rozier, Tyler Hero. Um, I don't – I would not consider – you know, like if I was an opposing manager and I had any of these guys, I, I would not give you Tyler Hero for Zion. I would not give you Jamal Murray for Zion. I don't think I would even give you Terry Rozier for Zion, although I would at least think about that. Yeah. D'Lo, to me, seems the most fair, but that's almost like shooting too low, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I think the hero, the hero one is fair, just given the unknown coming back from injury. I think, I think that one, to me, I, I wouldn't do Murray. I wouldn't do Rozier right now. Uh, he, Russell, I, I would much rather have the Zion side of the Russell deal. I think his numbers are going to regress. Like he's been shooting above his level, but I don't know. The hero one is, is fair, right? I mean, I, I guess the question is like, have we seen, have we seen the best version of Zion? You know, are the numbers as they are right now? Is that, is that just kind of where he's going to sit? Like he's been, he's been pretty good. You know, he, he ranks inside the top 50 in the last month. Uh, so I, I think you're shooting in the right zone overall. Um, and again, it depends what you need. Yeah. Um, you know, Maybe Rozier is the one partially because I think there's a good chance the manager who has Rozier um, is sort of worried like, hey, when LaMelo comes back, Rozier is not going to play this well again. Mm-hmm. But I still think Rozier is probably going to be a top 60 guy. So I think it, to me, I perceive that as the most fair. Um, but that's kind of where I stand on all of them. I'm, I'm probably higher on Hero than Nick okay. is. Derek asks, Anthony Edwards or Bam Adebayo? Better rest of season hold in a punt assist team. Um, I would say probably Anthony Edwards. Uh, you know, I view these guys fairly equally. Right now, Edwards is ranked thirty first, although he had played kind of poorly and tanked his value. I mean, out of bio ranks twenty seventh. I mean, they're basically the same. Mm-hmm. Um, punt assists. I mean, if you're punting assists, I guess in theory, Bam is more valuable because he averages fewer assists and Hero's coming back. So I think his assists will decrease even more. Um, but his, his scoring might as well. I For this specific build, maybe out of bio. 
Icy Lee asks, my team lacks big men. Is it fair to trade OG Ananobi for DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, two guys were kind of underperforming. Um, you know, I have Ayton in my 16-team and 16-team stake league. It's weird because his scoring is down, but his rebounding is doing really well and his steals are up, so he ends up ranking like 50th. Um, is it fair? I think it's fair. Yeah, I would just be worried about Aiton. I'm less worried about OG yeah. long-term. I think like a month ago, I would have said the other thing. Yeah, I would have been like, eh, I don't know if I'd give up Aiton, but it's, it's it's a tough time because OG's been way better over the last few weeks and Aiton has kind of seen his stock tumble. But on balance, like if you take the whole year into account, they've been like almost dead even. So yeah, I would say it's fair. And you know, if you're a big man needy, then you're, you're kind of accepting that you'll probably take a slight you know loss on return here just because you need that that specific position. My goodness, uh, <laughs> shockingly fair and uh, you know really crushing question. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins or Dante Exum, Alex? Look, I tried to drop Wiggins for Exum. Let's put it that way. On Sunday, before Wiggins had his big game, I put in the fab bid uh, to drop Wiggins for Exum. So, I if I'm if I'm backing up what I'm saying, I think I think I would rather have Exum, partially because I don't know if Wiggins is really going to bounce back that much. And the thing is, here's. Here's the important thing that I feel like we need to we need to mention with Wiggins. With with the Warriors, basically since he's been on Golden State, he's been ranked 87th, 112th, and then 82nd again last year. His upside is not that high. Like should you roster him on a 12 team if he does return back to those numbers? Yes, but it's not like killing you if you miss out on him. So I would just take whoever's yeah. producing and I guess Dante Exum. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So let's see. Zach says, I'm thinking of going for Garland. Who do you think is an acceptable offer? Uh, Drew or Michael Porter Jr. Plus one more guy uh, straight up for Garland. Uh, obviously, Garland is injured. We're not sure how much longer he's going to be out, but looking at multiple weeks with that broken jaw. So, you know, you're – interesting question here, right? So you're trying to, you know, trade for a player who's injured. So you, you should be able to get a discount there. Um, so basically, again, what he's asking is, you know, could he offer Drew Holiday or Michael Porter Jr. and then one more, you know, decent, you know, maybe borderline starter for Garland? Yeah. Um, I would I would definitely try to get away with trading either just Drew or MPJ straight up for Garland first. Mm. Um, you know, both those guys rank like in the 75 to 85 zone. Garland is is more like a, a 30th or 40th guy. Um, I think that's that's yeah. I mean, offer one of those guys and then see what the guy comes back with as a counter. I assume he'll counter it and want one more guy from you, like you're saying. I think you I think you're spot on there. But then I would probably not give up somebody who is more than like a fringe starter for you in addition. Mm. But yeah, I think it's fair. All right, uh, got offered Bam and Jalen Brown for my Anthony Edwards and Laurie Markkinen. Which side would be better for a punt assists and soft threes team in a 12-team, nine-cat league? Uh, he says he only has Claxton and Mark Williams at center. Um, so, you know, would, would be adding Adebayo, who, of course, is center eligible. Yeah, I mean, with, with only Claxton and Mark Williams as your centers, I mean, that's good when they're healthy. If you're in a two-center league, I think I would do this. Um, but you know, honestly, I'm a little worried about Markkinen's rest of season. Um, 
just from a both a health perspective and the fact that the Jazz are so bad, and it seems like they're exploring trading him. And if he gets traded, he's no longer going to be the number one option. He's probably going to end up being like a number f- like four, number three option on some team. So that that would worry me. Um, obviously, Ant Ant is better than than Jalen Brown, but um, yeah, if you're if you're worried about center, I'm okay with that trade. Uh, good question from Eric. He says, any good steals, assist streams you could think of for this week? Uh, he's looking for steals and assists in a 14-team league. Says his matchup is going to depend mainly on those two stats. Much thanks. Thanks for the question, Eric. Uh, TJ McConnell, I guess, is who comes to mind for me first. Oh, I don't know how how viable that's going to be. I mean, the minutes have been up a little bit lately for McConnell. Uh, it was really not, a, a, I wouldn't say, a regular in the rotation early on. And he's played double-digit minutes now in five straight. Uh, in that span, I, I believe Halberton missed at least one game during that run. So take this with a grain of salt, but he's had six assists and almost two steals. So in a 14 team league, somebody to consider, um, anybody else really come to mind for you, Alex? I mean, there's always, if you're really targeting steals, like there's always Batiste Thibel, but he's not going to give you any assists. Yeah. I mean, my answer to this is usually like Caruso, but he just, the, like the man cannot stay healthy. Um, Steel streamers are tough to come by. Yeah, I mean McConnell. Uh, McConnell is also a good option, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. It feels it's definitely inconsistent at times, but that's about as close to like a, a sure thing as you can get in terms of like, um, if if he can get fifteen to twenty minutes, are they and are they on a four game week? They are on a four game week. Pacers are. So, yeah. yeah. So I think it's probably McConnell and. Yeah, I mean, if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, it's like, I don't know, Jose Alvarado has been playing a decent amount of minutes, but I, I like McConnell a lot more than him. Um, in a 14-team league, yeah, there's just there's not a whole lot out there. I mean, maybe maybe like Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, again, you're not going to be super thrilled with that. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, there's, there's not a, a ton of names that come to mind right away. Uh, let's see. What do you think of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s value with all the injuries in Dallas? Is he a must-roster right now? He probably, I mean, he was, he's had uh, stretches this season where he's looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he probably is in, a, I assume you're talking about a 12 team league. I wouldn't say he's a must roster in 12 team leagues. He's going to end up jacking a ton of threes. If you need threes, go ahead and roster him. If you don't need threes or points, I don't think you have to. Let's book it that way. He's a must roster for people who need threes and points. Uh, other than that, no. Jay Mark asked, hey, is McCall Bridges for Jaron Jackson Jr.? Is that a good trade? I need a center. I have McCall, but I'm unsure. To me, this feels fair. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, if you need a center, I think you go for this. Um, Jackson's value has quietly been, well, maybe not so quietly, because he had two 40-point games back-to-back. Um, but yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll continue to play better. I think this trade is fair overall. Yeah. I'd rather have McCall Bridges, but if you need a center, I think this is reasonable. And, um, yeah, Jared Jackson's played better over the last month. They're basically dead even in terms of, uh, total value. I have Nurkic and Valanchunas on my Yahoo points team. I'm thinking of selling high. Know of a few targets I could get or even a two for one. So, you know, willing to package two big men. I assume you'd probably prefer to bring a big man back in that scenario. Uh, but basically, you know, selling high on, on Nurkic and Valanchunas, you know, again, tough to say league to league, um, you know, Kobe White's obviously a name that we always throw out there, although you're kind of be buying high on him. 
Uh, you know, if you're looking for a wing, you know, again, Jalen Johnson, I love trying to trade for injured players who should be back soon. Guys who played well earlier in the season. Do you have anybody? It's tough with Nurkic because I mean, we know that he's like a per minute guy and that when he's healthy, he produces. So, um, you know, the fact that he's ranked like, I think 60th over the past 30 days or something like that isn't wildly unsustainable by any means. But I think you, so you, I think you'd like to get somebody back around that range. Um, I mean, if you're selling high, you know, if you want to center back, um, I don't know. There might be some people who are fed up with Walker Kessler that you might be able to kind of steal him. I'm not sure I would do that necessarily. It's like, mm -hmm. it, it's a little too sketchy for me, even though I am kind of a believer in him, um, longer term. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Uh, someone, someone might be kind of fed up with him as well. Um, you know, you're probably going to have to, again, there's a, it's a lot of the psychology of trading. You got two guys who are hot. There's probably someone else on someone's roster who is, uh, on a little bit of a downstretch and, and they'd be willing to swap that for you. Is Cole Anthony on the verge of falling off, becoming a drop in a 12 team, nine category league minutes have been way down last three games. They have, that is accurate. Uh, in a 12 team league, I think he's he's close. I would still I would still keep him on my bench most likely until Fultz is back. But if and when Fultz comes back and actually stays healthy, that would probably be the final nail in the coffin for Cole Anthony, the fantasy player. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason Cole saw so many minutes was Jalen Suggs basically missed two games in a row. Um but yeah, I'm I'd be interested in seeing what happens here. Is he on the verge of falling off? Yeah, potentially. But he played so well throughout so much of the year. It's I would I would be really hesitant to drop him for mm -hmm. sure. Another drop question is Josh Hart droppable? Thinking of adding either Isaiah Jackson or Taylor Hendricks. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Amir. Um, I think to me the bigger question is like, are you are you running out to grab Jackson or Hendricks? Um I don't I don't know necessarily if um I think Isaiah Jackson has been playing better. I'm not hundred percent convinced on Hendricks as like a, a long term thing or even a short term thing. Yeah. But Josh Hart also hasn't been playing that well either. I mean, they're going with like DiVincenzo a lot more now. Hart scoring's down. Um I yeah, I mean if you just want so you're basically you're asking like, can I drop Josh Hart to add a one day streamer potentially in Isaiah Jackson? Honestly, I don't hate the idea of that because my question is like, what's the scenario in which Josh Hart suddenly becomes like a top 100 player again? And I just don't know if that exists unless like three guys get hurt because their backcourt's so deep. Yeah, I think I, I just have concerns about Isaiah Jackson. You know, he was like in and out of the rotation for the first month. But if he's if he's going to play even like 15 minutes a game, he's probably going to block one or two shots every single night. Like he's always at the top of the league at block rate. So if you're if you're targeting that specifically then yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, Josh Hart has not played like a rosterable player for most of the season. So in general, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, all right, we'll do a few more and then we got to get out of here. Talked a lot about Pajemski earlier in the show. Would you drop RJ Barrett to pick up Pajemski? Oh man. Um, as, as much of a RJ Barrett hater as I am, I'm not actually sure I would do this. Um, you know, Barrett, Started the year hot, had some migraines, then played really badly 
and now he's back to playing well again. He's ranked 162nd in eight cat. Is is Pajemski gonna rank 162nd in eight cat for the rest of the year? Like, how much confidence do you have in that? I, is kind of what you have to ask. If RJ Barrett could continue to shoot 85% at the free throw line, that that's who I want. You know, Pajemski's probably gonna have better percentages, but I think night to night, you know, like I think Barrett's gonna give you better counting stats. He's gonna give you a higher floor, more minutes, more secure role. Uh, I I have no opposition to adding Bajemski, but I, I actually do think I would keep Barrett here. Let's see. All right, trying to find a couple more good ones here. Based on the last couple of games, are the Hawks finally unleashing on Yucca Kongwu? Well, Capella is injured. Um, he's got a bone bruise, so he didn't play in the last game. However, um, Okongwu and him basically shared the court for the past, like, four games together. Uh, they had some overlap. Yeah, DeAndre so, Hunter also missed the, the last three before their last game. Yeah, so that's, um, you know, that's factoring into into that as well. Um, maybe, but we've always said if, if Okongwu's going to get, you know, 28 minutes, you got to roster him. So I think I would consider him like a soft ad. And I don't know, like how many guys come back like Capella, you know, they said it's a bone bruise and he's, he's questionable. Yeah. I saw that tonight. too. Like I, I feel like bone bruise is almost always you're missing some time. So I thought yeah. that was strange when I was going through and, and doing our, our sweeps last night. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if you can add a Kung Wu and maybe you just hope that Capella misses like the whole week, I think he could be, he could be awesome. But if the question is, are they unleashing him? No, I don't think they are. I think unless Capella's out long term, then he's just going to be stuck in this the same stupid bench role that he's been in for the last couple of years. It's terrible. I mean, I I love Okungwu. I I'm glad they extended him. I just want them to actually act on that and and hand him some minutes at some point. But no, I, I don't think the full unleashing is here quite yet. Someone offered me Keegan Murray for Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, this is a statement. Take that. Take that trade. Okay. Uh, I don't. Go. I. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I, I mean he I mean <laughs> Keegan Murray had what 12 threes the other night but I would have told you to do this uh even before that um mm-hmm. because his shooting was so poor that it was going to it was going to bounce back so yeah I would say absolutely do that deal even though you're going to look at like Jabari mm-hmm. Smith rebounding and and see really good numbers Fun trade question from AB would you do Walker Kessler and Alfred Shangoon for Anthony Davis I would want to be on the Anthony Davis side of that. Unless you're really worried about Davis getting hurt, which you should be. But I think if you eliminate that from the equation, I would definitely take the AD side of this every time. He's just too good. Yeah, it's so. it's just, it's the value in the difference in value is just too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love Shangun. I'm actually pretty high on Kessler. AD is just that much better. I mean, he's significantly better than those guys combined. Um, it, it just kind of comes down to your, um, you know, kind of comes down to your risk tolerance at that point. All right, we'll do two more, and then we're cutting her off. Let's see. My Kuzma and Gafford for Hero and Kessler. Uh, our question asker is punting assists. Um, your Kuzma and Gafford, that's that's pretty nice for Hero Kessler. Uh, I, I might hang on to Kuzma and Gafford. Um, yeah. Yeah, Gafford has shown some more upside lately. Mm-hmm. I think even when him and Kessler, you know, if we assume him and Kessler start playing similar minutes, 
which I don't even know if you can assume that for Walker Kessler. It's, it's been kind of a rough ride for him so far. Mm-hmm. I think they have similar upside. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I would rather have Kuzma Gafford. All right, last one. Do you think I should drop Tari Eason for a Kongwu if Capella's out or McConnell if Halliburton's out? It's a Yahoo Points League 10-teamer. I love Eason, but it's B2B. Um, yeah, 10-team league becomes a little more difficult. Like, as much as we love Eason, in a 10-team league, you could probably do better, I guess. I, uh, I, I don't know if I would drop him for McConnell. Um, I would need confirmation that Hal Burton's probably going to miss multiple games. Yeah. If you're asking this for like today, like yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to like stream these guys in, I think I would rather have, I almost no matter what, I think I would rather have a Kongwu here um, just for like a daily stream. I think there is a better chance a Kong, uh, excuse me, Capella is out for longer than they're sort of letting on. So I wouldn't mind dropping Eason for a Kongwu on the chance that Capella is actually out like two weeks instead of whatever they're trying to tell us he's out for, which is like day to day. Okay. I got to sneak one more in. Cause this is good. Uh, someone offered me Fox for Bam thoughts uh, was awful. was also offered Brunson for Bam. Fox for Bam. Uh, it is a fun trade. I, I don't know. Do you have, do you have strong thoughts on this one? My first inclination is to say Fox. I think there's a little bit more upside there. Rest of season. I'm not really worried about the shoulder injury that kept him out uh, the other night. Uh, Fox did go through shoot around this morning for what it's worth. So I, I think there's a pretty good chance he plays. You know, I, I think the question is, does he continue to struggle at the line? That's really what's killing you in category leagues. He's never been a good free throw shooter. He was better to begin this season. He, he started hot last year as well. And then slowly regressed. He's down to 73%. Uh, I, I think I'd still rather have Fox. I mean, he's still a, you know, 36 and a half, almost five rebounds, one and a half steals. He gives you threes out of bio. Doesn't give you that. Um, and you know, like we've been saying all along, the the, the heat rotation, like we just don't really know. Like they have so many guys and obviously Butler and Bam are going to be the two that are prioritized, but I, I think it's possible that Bam has already had his best like 20 game stretch of the season. Yes. I would rather have Fox than Bam Brunson versus Bam to me is entirely dependent on what you need positionally. Yep. Um, if you want, if you need a center, keep Bam. If you need a guard, grab Brunson. All right, good stuff, guys. Thank you for all of the fantastic questions in the stream. We appreciate those. Makes the second half of the pod a lot of fun. Uh, we will have Dr. A back on the stream tomorrow. You can check that out. Uh, I'll be back with Brandon Kravitz on Wednesday morning. Alex will be back on Friday with Ken and Shannon talking waiver wire. Check out all of our content, rotowire.com slash basketball. You see on the screen here, rotowire.com slash pod that will get you free access to our website check out all of our tools including the new rotowire picks section if you're playing on underdog prize picks sleeper um even if you're playing you know on on, on the sports books traditionally get all the odds comparisons all the data everything you need uh for prop betting if you want more of us you can check alex and i out on sirius xm nba radio we are there at 6 p.m central every day monday through friday previewing each slate of games from a gambling perspective uh, you can catch us on the SiriusXM Fantasy Network as well each night. So thank you again for all the questions. We'll be back next Monday.